Hello and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you are tuning in, and hope that you would be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Amen. What a privilege to be before all of you again. Amen. Last week we had a treat, amen. Our senior pastor came in. I know that was a surprise for a lot of y'all, amen. We strategically planned that, amen. He had been having an itch to come back and preach, amen. And I'm um, going for four weeks straight, which is something I never did. I was like, yeah, yeah, come, come on, come, come, come on, third Sunday, amen. <laughs> come on, third Sunday, amen. Oh man, Pastor, we love you. Thank you so much. That word last Sunday, I didn't ask for this. I don't know if you saw it or you were in the place, but woo, I needed that. And so uh, Senior Pastor Brandon was here last Sunday, and our sister has returned this Sunday, Lady Oticia. Amen, amen. Come on, give it up for y'all. She just pushed out a baby. Amen. Come on, give it up for her. Sister, we love you so much. We've missed you. We've missed you and Pastor, amen. And uh, in a couple Sundays, both of y'all hopefully will be here in the place, amen, so we can all be reunited, amen. So glad to have you with us, amen. Oh, man. This has been such an awesome month, amen. Uh, We have been in a message series called I Got Questions. Who has been enjoying this message series? Amen, amen, amen. This uh, was a series, again, that uh, me and Pastor Brandon had conceptualized, we had thought about, prayed about, talked about, and um, this was a perfect time. Um, to uh, present it to all of you who are watching in person and online, amen, because if there's anything that a lot of us have in these times and days is questions, amen, and we wanted to um, usher in freedom, like I said, the first week, usher in freedom and push out condemnation. We wanted to create a space for all of you to feel free to bring your questions about God, about your faith, um, the, the wrestles, the internal wrestles that you've had with God. We wanted to create a space where you were free to do that because for a lot of us, we grew up in environments where we were not free to do that. People um, shamed us and made us feel bad that we were wrestling and struggling with God and trying to understand his ways and trying to reconcile him with all that's going on in the world and in our own personal lives. And so that was the first aim of this message series was to set a place and atmosphere for freedom. I really hope that throughout the month of November that you haven't just been listening to the messages, but in your prayer time, your devotional time, you've been going before the Lord, bringing him your questions, that you've sat at his feet. And as Habakkuk said, you've sat at his feet and listened for his answer, that you've been open to how he wants to respond and how he responds. I really hope um, that's what you've been doing throughout this month of November. And while ushering in freedom and setting that atmosphere of freedom, I've also been doing something that you may not realize. I've been instilling in all of us the importance of having reverence for God. It's nothing wrong with having questions. It's nothing wrong with wrestling. It's nothing wrong with figuring out things that you don't understand. But at the same time, I've been teaching and instilling a reverence for God. Because a lot of people in this world, I don't know how many of y'all have been watching the news, TV shows, people just mocking God. And as his children, those who profess to be his children, his people, I don't know about you, but when somebody mocks my dad, my mom, somebody that I love, I defend them. I don't let anybody talk bad about them. And if anybody's going to defend God now in these days when people are mocking him, it's his people. We need to be equipped 
to defend him. It's not that he needs us to defend him, amen, because he's God all by himself, but what a shame it would be for his children to stand there silent while people mock him and accuse him, people who don't even know him. You got people on podcasts and TV shows who don't even know God talking nonsense out their mouth. And his children ought to stand up and be like, that's not the God that I serve. And that's not the God of the Bible. You got him mixed up. You may not understand, but I'm here to show you who he really is. I'm here to be a light in this world. And that's what we've been trying to do in this message series. Amen. Hey, everyone. It's Elder Brittany from Transformation Christian Fellowship. And I'm so excited to announce that this Sunday is the start of our year-end offering, Rooted. With our year-end offering, Rooted, we are coming together to make a spiritual investment into the new year, expecting a great bountiful harvest in our lives and, and also the lives of our church and also to be able to expand and evangelism and outreach and all of our community social initiatives for us to continue to connect lives to the transforming power and love of Jesus Christ. We ask that you will join us and so in a minimum of $25 above the tithe and we ask that you pray over it and believe God to see a bountiful harvest in the new year. And remember, transformation starts here. Come with me to Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, verse 5. And I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. Should be on your screens in front of you if you don't have it. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Trust. Somebody say trust. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. This was our verse last Sunday and that's our verse again today and really it's one of the foundational verses for this message series because this is something, one of the many truths you need to keep in mind that your understanding is oh so limited, your knowledge is oh so limited and you can't trust it. God can enlighten your understanding by the power of the Holy Spirit, but your own understanding, how you process, is not reliable. So he says, do not lean on it. Don't let that be your foundation. Let God be your foundation. Trust in him. He who knows everything. He whose understanding is unlimited. Trust in him. This message series, we've been diving in about questions. Anybody ever had questions for God? If you're not raising your hand, I don't believe in you. (laughs) Anybody ever had questions for God? The premise of this message series has been teaching you how to wrestle well with God concerning life's most difficult questions regarding suffering, depravity. Depravity means the extreme evil nature and condition of this world. Disappointment, abandonment, rejection, abuse, evil. All of us at some point in our lives have had questions for God. As believers, we've had questions about God. You are good, and your word is good, and that's what your word says, but 
I'm having trouble reconciling that with the things that I've experienced in this life. I'm having trouble seeing you in the midst of all that I have gone through. As I stated, we've been ushering in freedom to ask God questions because he's omniscient. He knows everything. There's no better person to ask your questions than God himself. We've been talking about answers. One of the definitions I gave for an answer was a solution to a problem. Because oftentimes that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a solution. We're looking for resolution. We're looking for an answer to make sense of what seems to not make sense at all. One of the origins of this message series was a message I preached last Sunday called Dying to the Pursuit of Answers. And um, I encourage you to go on our YouTube channel and look for it. Um, It gives a lot of context for this series. It was a premise for this series. It gives great origin. But just off the title alone, some of you may be questioning, well, Dominique, we've been diving all this month about asking God questions and and being open to his answers. But the title of that message says dying to the pursuit of answers. Are you saying that pursuing answers is a bad thing? No. But there is a pursuit of answers that we need to release. There's a pursuit of answers that becomes our all-consuming devotion and desire. There's a pursuit of answers that for some of us has become our God instead of God himself. And that pursuit is what you need to die to. It's nothing wrong with seeking him for answers, but when that becomes your all-consuming desire, when it becomes the thing that drives you getting up in the morning, it becomes an idol. God says, you shall have no other gods before me. Don't you know that anything can be a God? Friends, family, all types of relationships, money, sex. Anything can be a God. Anything that you put in his place, anything that you pursue with more passion, with more affection, with more devotion than him can become an idol. And some of us have wrestled with questions and pursuing answers so much that that has become our all-consuming focus. And that's why we're so restless. That's why we're so tired. That's why we're so exhausted. Because we're like a gerbil on the wheel. Going, 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 going. I want answers. I want to know. I want to know why. I want to know who. I want to know what. I want to know how. I want to know where. I want to know when. On this constant cycle. And it's driving some of us crazy. I want to conclude this, excuse me, this series this morning. By putting your pursuit of answers in the proper position in the proper context. I want to help you do that today. Because like I said, ain't nothing wrong. But you got to be open. And that pursuit has to be in its right position, not in the position of God. When we're pursuing answers, oftentimes we want understanding. We want to be able to comprehend that which seems incomprehensible. Anybody know that song by Escape? What I need from you is what? Understanding. Understanding. (laughs) A lot of times we want to know, we want to understand. So we're asking God, God, why did this happen? God, why did you allow me to go through this? God, where were you in the midst of this situation? God, when is restoration coming? When we're asking these series of questions, we want to understand. We want to understand what he's doing, his purposes. We want to understand all the nuances of it. We want understanding. There's nothing wrong with desiring understanding. There's nothing wrong with desiring knowledge. Amen. If you go through Proverbs, Solomon tells us, in all that ways, get understanding. But what type of understanding? Understanding in its proper context. 
lot of times we want logic understanding. We want intellectual understanding. We don't even care about spiritual understanding. It's not that God can't give both. But you got to keep it in its proper place. Somebody say its proper place. When we're pursuing, it's a way for us to make sense of things as finite human beings. Finite means you have limits. That your intellect has a ceiling. No matter how many books you read, no matter how many degrees you get, your brain reaches a ceiling at some point because you have limits. But the God of this world, the God who created this universe, has no limits. Psalm 147 says that his understanding has no limits. There's no ceiling. There's no roof for him. He knows it all, and there's nothing that encompasses his understanding. It has no limits. But you, my friend, you and me, there's a limit. Oh, and we hate that. We want to know. We want to understand. But we have limits. And when the foundation of your pursuit is always trying to understand, this is what leads you into stress, anxiety, because you were not meant to understand it all. Show them Deuteronomy 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. Stop there. Things that he has not yet revealed or will never reveal belong to him. They are his. But the things revealed belong to us and our sons forever. God has the authority to conceal and reveal. God has the authority to conceal when he wants to. He has the authority to reveal when he wants to. You won't understand it all here. And if that becomes your main motivation, you will drive yourself crazy. A lot of the times when we're pursuing understanding, our, our, our mentality is, is that if I could just understand, I'll be able to more easily accept what has happened to me, what I've experienced, what I've seen. God, if you tell me why my dad left me, maybe I won't be broken anymore. Maybe I'll experience some type of restoration. God, if you, if you tell me why I lost my job, if you give me a reason why, maybe I'll be able to put out another application. Maybe I won't be so fearful anymore. God, if you tell me why my best friend betrayed me, I'll be able to trust people again. If you just give me a why, a where, a when, if you would just give me an answer, if you would help me understand, maybe I can move forward. Sometimes... You won't find out why, when, where, who, how, what. You may not know. There are certain things that are restricted from your knowledge because God possesses it. Show them Genesis 3. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise... She took from his fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Satan, in the form of the serpent, begins to plant seeds of doubt in Eve's mind. Did God really say, you shouldn't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Eve said, we can eat from all the trees in this garden except from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and we shouldn't touch it. 
Now, we don't know where she got that touchy part from. But anyway, she heard. <laughs> she heard the good part. She heard the necessary part. We have access to everything in this garden, but that tree we are not, not allowed to eat from. Ain't that like the enemy? To get you to focus on the one thing you don't have out of the abundance of what God has given you. He says, she so excuse me, she says, we will surely die the day we eat from it. But Satan says, you will not surely die. He calls God a liar. He says, the day that you eat from it, you will become like God, knowing good and evil. So what happened? She turned to that tree, saw it was good for food. That was a delight to the eyes, that the tree was desirable to make her wise. Knowledge that God had restricted from her because he's God. She took from his fruit and ate. And when she ate and when her husband ate, their eyes were opened, but not in a good way. They saw that they were naked and instantly they felt the shame and the condemnation because she obtained knowledge illegally. In order to obtain that knowledge, she had to rebel against God. That knowledge was restricted from her. She didn't know why. Adam did not know why, but they didn't need to know why. They had to trust the God that says, don't eat from it, because if you eat from it, you're going to die. God may not give you a why. Does that mean you shouldn't trust his command? God may not give you a why for why he tells you not to do something. Does that mean you disobey him? No, because when you disobey him, look what happens. When you are captured by the desire to make yourself wise. She didn't need this knowledge to enjoy where she was. She lived in a perfect garden, uninterrupted communication with the Father. She didn't need it. A lot of times we think we need to know certain things that we don't need to know. Satan had planted a seed of doubt in our mind to say, God is holding back from you. He don't want you to know. But Eve, Look at where you are. You didn't need to know. But because you rebelled, this is what happens. There is nothing wrong with pursuing knowledge and pursuing understanding. But what did I say? Keep it in its proper place. Keep it in its proper place. There are certain things in this life that we will not come to know. And things that we try to make sense of in our finite minds, our limited minds, that we won't make sense of. Here's another thing. Pursuing answers can become idolatrous. Like I said, an idol. A lot of times we talk about idols, we go to Exodus. You shall not make a grave image. You You shall not make a physical object before the Lord. We confine idols to images and statues. Anything can be an idol. It don't have to have an image. It don't have to have a physical form. Anything can be an idol. Whatever you treasure more than God, whatever drives your thoughts and your actions can become an idol. And sometimes we're so fixated on figuring out why, when, who, we become consumed. God is so far out the picture. We're not even focused on him. We just want our flesh to be pleased. We want our minds to be pleased. We think that if we obtain it, oh, I'm going to be whole. Oh, I'm going to be this all-knowing. I'm going to be able to uh, tackle and, and, and be able to argue everything. If I know, if I just get all the answers, 
I'm going to be good to go. Putting your faith in the answers. These unseen answers, these answers that you have yet to obtain, putting your faith that if I were to obtain them all, then I'll be complete. Then I'll be whole. Pursuing answers is also our desired way for healing. As I stated before, an answer is defined as a solution to a problem. God, if you were to release it to me, I won't be burdened by the trauma. That somehow, if you give me an answer, all this trauma will make sense. That everything that I had to endure, things that I didn't ask for, people that abused me, evil that was done to me, if you just give me an answer, somehow in my mind, it'll just all make sense. God, if you explain to me why it seems like from a child's, from the time of a child, I wrestled with confusion concerning my identity and my sexual identity, my gender identity. If you just give me an answer to that confusion, maybe I'll have a clear mind. God, if you tell me why loved ones had to pass and, and die, why they had to leave me, if you just give me an answer, why? If you just give me an answer. Maybe in the answer holds the key to my healing. Maybe in the answer holds the key to my deliverance. Maybe in the answer holds the key to my restoration. Answers, 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 answers. We want them so bad. We think that they have the ability to do far beyond what God can do. This morning, I want to give you principles to help, to conclude, so that you can fight smart, so that you can wrestle well. Let's start with the immutability of God. Now, some of you are like, what the heck does that word mean? Immutable means that God does not change. When we say God is immutable, we mean that he does not change. Show them Malachi 3. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. It's because I don't change that you are not consumed. I want y'all to catch that. It's because I'm faithful from eternity's past all the way to eternity's end. Because I don't change, you are not consumed. Show them Hebrews 13. Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why do you need to remember this? Your questions and your doubts don't change God. Just because he's confusing in your head doesn't make him bipolar. Just because you can't understand and grasp his nature in your mind does not mean he has multiple personalities. Can you imagine? If every person in this world decreed something about God that was untrue, and he, because he was subjected to us, would become all the multiple opinions we had about him. One day we would say, God, you're good. But somebody might say, God, you're evil. Somebody say, God, you're crazy. Somebody say, God, you're out your mind. Can you imagine if everybody in this world got to decree who God really was? God would be a God that would be subject to us meaning he wouldn't be God at all. Your God don't change. 
no matter what you wrestle with, how you're wrestling, whatever aspects of him you're wrestling with, don't change who he is. He know who he is. <laughs> he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He know who he is. He ain't got no worries, no confusion about who he is. So when you hear people saying things about God, oh, God is cruel, God is evil, God ain't tripping over them. He knows who he is. He knows he's good. He knows that his mercy reigns on the just and the unjust. He not tripping. The beauty in this is that whatever season I'm wrestling with, because he doesn't change, if by his grace he gives me time to see him for who he is, I'll be able to repent and be like Job and say, God, I spoke without knowledge. I came in this thing thinking you were this way, but I really did not know what I was saying. I, Lord, please forgive me. I was speaking out of turn. I was speaking from anger. I was speaking from frustration. And now that you tried me by fire, and now that I've come out as gold, I see who you are. And I repent. You didn't change in the midst of my wrestle. You didn't change when I had doubts about you. Nothing about you changed. Your mercy didn't change. Your faithfulness didn't change. Your grace didn't change. Nothing about you changed, and it never will. So no matter what season of life I'm in, no matter what I struggle with, he will always be who he is. You don't have the type of power to decree what he is not. We can only declare what he is, what he's already said about himself. But your decrees about him don't become final. They don't make him who he is. Before this world ever came into existence, before he ever created us, he was good. He was faithful. He was merciful. He was kind. He was compassionate. He was from eternity's past. He was eternal. Before he even created human beings, before he even gave us the ability to speak and declare and open up our mouths, before we even said a word about him, he always was who he was and he always will be. does not change. My doubts don't change him. Nothing about what I wrestle with and what I wrestle to understand about him changes him. Somebody just give 30 seconds of praise right there. God, I thank you that you don't change. I'm grateful, oh God, that in my moments of unfaithfulness, in my weariness, when I did not understand, you didn't change. You gave me grace to wrestle. You gave me grace to wrestle with that affliction. When I said all types of stuff about you, but your word says that you are compassionate, that even though you heard words spoken without knowledge, you knew the root cause because I was broken, because I was hurt. And because you saw the inside, you didn't condemn me. You said, child, you are talking out your mouth, but you better be glad I know where it's coming from. <laughs> You better be glad that I know and know that I have compassion towards you. The immutability of God, he does not change. Second principle, the purpose of faith. The purpose of faith. In the area of Christian apologetics, we see this a lot. This is an area where we see a lot of people asking questions. Asking questions about God, asking questions about our doctrine, asking questions about the pillars of our faith. People asking questions. Now, let me start off by saying this. You need to study. You need to know the word. 
You need to know your doctrine. You need to know your beliefs. Because now more than ever, and it's going to get worse, deities and sects of other, excuse me, sects, S-E-C-T-S, of religious people are coming to attack your God. Hebrew Israelites, urban apologetics, deities that appeal to our identity as black folk, that want to steer us away from this Christianity, this religion that people have deemed a white man's religion, steering us into African spirituality, connecting with our ancestors, rejecting the son of God. Second Peter says, you need to always be ready to give a defense for the hope that is within you. And now more than ever, through the advancement of technology, we have access to resources that help us to defend our faith. Our faith is not a fairy tale. It's not a myth. We have historical archaeological evidence to back up what we're saying. There are scholars at the time of Jesus that testify that he was real, that he walked this face of the earth. We have evidence. So you need to do your research. You need to study so that you can defend this faith that you possess. But here's the thing. Your intellect is going to run out at some point because you have limits. Your God transcends intellect. He transcends human understanding. So at some point in your argument, faith has to step in. It steps in where intellect runs out. You got to be able to tell the people, listen, I didn't explain to you my doctrine. I didn't explain to you the pillars of my belief. I didn't give you evidence. I didn't give you archaeological evidence. I didn't give you historical evidence. But at some point, you got to believe by faith. I don't know what else to tell you. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The faith that we have is not flimsy. It has substance. The faith that we have is the evidence of things that we don't see. The substance, the meat of what we hoped for. Faith steps in when your ability to rationalize and make logical arguments runs out. Some people will never be satisfied with the answers that you give them. Christianity is the most scrutinized faith. I dare somebody to challenge me. It is the most scrutinized faith in this world. And because of people's own perceptions and gripes with God, some of which they won't admit to, none of the answers you give them will suffice. You can give them all the intellectual arguments you want, but at some point you got to tell the person you're talking to, hey, bro, at some point you either got to believe or don't. I don't know what else to tell you. Because the faith that we have, it's by faith. The things that we believe, it's by faith. Was anybody here when Jesus walked the earth? Was anybody here when he performed miracles? I got to believe by faith. He told Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. I'm blessed because even though I have not seen yet, I believe because I have the gift of faith. At some point, faith has to step in where your intellect runs out. Intellect is a weapon. It's an aid. It's not meant to be the foundation. Faith, at some point, somebody say, at some point, faith has to step in. Biblical faith. I'm not talking about faith in the stars and the sky and all these astrology stuff. I'm talking about faith in the Son of God. His name is Jesus the Christ. He is the image of the invisible God. Faith in him, at some point, you got to believe. We don't receive salvation 
by intellect. We don't receive the gift of the Holy Spirit by intellect. We receive by faith. There is evidence. There is support. There is substance there. But you must believe by faith. Last thing, last principle. The necessity of Jesus. The necessity of Jesus. No matter what answers you get or don't get, no matter what answer you want, it will never be the answer. No matter how many answers you've prayed and sought for and searched for, it will never be the answer. Answers that we seek after and want can only fulfill to a certain degree, to a certain extent. The answer is a person. The answer walked the face of this earth. The answer holds the key to everything that you would ever desire or need. And his name is Jesus the Christ. Many of the questions we wrestle with originate from places of brokenness, of anger, of frustration, of impatience. We're trying to find the answers, but the reality is, is that the answer to those places, to those places of hurt, is Jesus. I know you want to know why. I know you want to know who. I know you want to know when, where, how, and why. But the answer to the root of all of those questions is Jesus Christ. You're trying to find a way to escape the pain. You're trying to find a way to escape the brokenness, the solution to the, to the brokenness, to the pain. The solution is a person named Jesus Christ. How badly do you want an explanation when the truth is here? How badly do you want to know why when you can get whole in Jesus? How badly do you want an explanation when you can get healed in Jesus? How badly do you want an answer when the answer is eternal? Our greatest need is not to have our questions answered. Our greatest need is Jesus Christ. I know you don't like that. I know we've been telling you to ask God your questions, and I want you to ask him your questions, but you got to understand your greatest need is Jesus. It's not to have every question answered. It's not to figure out why all the things in your life have happened to you. The one who can mend, the one who can heal, the one who can restore, the one who can deliver is Jesus. It's not going to come from an answer. It's going to come from him. Oh, my God, the necessity of Jesus. You've been wrestling all your life. God, if I could just figure it out why, if you could just make it all make sense, if you can make the suffering make sense, if you can make the confusion make sense, and I'm here to tell you, you may not ever find out why. You may not ever make sense of it, but the one thing, the one person who makes sense, who make you whole, who mend your broken heart, who'll restore you, who'll give you grace to go on, is Jesus Christ. Somebody shout Jesus in this place. Declare the truth of Jesus Christ. Jesus, you make the wounds whole. Jesus, you restore. Jesus, you deliver. Jesus, you heal. Jesus, you make free. Jesus, you make it all worth it. Jesus, you bring peace to my mind. Jesus, you're my, you're my bomb in Gilead. You heal and you soothe the affliction. Jesus, it's you. It's you. 
cycle of trauma will have you on the hamster wheel trying to figure out why, who. It will have you constantly searching for answers that you think are going to restore you. What if the answer made you more discouraged? What if the answer you were looking for made you more depressed? Do you really believe you'll be able to handle that secret knowledge that you desire? What if it made you more downtrodden? You don't have to stay on the wheel. Seek Jesus. Believe Jesus. Receive Jesus. I finally understood this this week when they said Jesus is the answer. It's not that he will answer every question, but he's the answer to the root of all the questions I've ever had. To the confusion, to the despair, he's the answer. He's the answer. I don't have to keep searching and looking for things. I can find it in him. He empowers me to move forward. Some of you think in order to move forward, you need answers. No, you need Jesus. You want someone to soothe and heal the wounds, the pain? Jesus. Oh, Jesus. The one whom by his stripes we are healed. Show them Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Hello, I'm Vernon Hill Sr., teaching pastor here at TCF. Hello, my name is Aretha Hill. I am the director of Glory Girls. Thank you for watching us today. If you're in need of a church community and you feel the Lord leading you to connect to this ministry, become more than a member. Be a partner. When you partner with TCF, you become an agent of change, assisting the vision and the mission of the church to connect lives of the transforming power and love of Jesus Christ. We would love to partner in community and do life with you. So come to TCF. We look forward to seeing you. And remember, transformation starts here. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Somebody say surely. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. There is no grief, no sorrow that you have experienced or carried in his life, in this life, that he has not already carried and bore himself. I said there is no grief no sorrow that you have experienced and carried in this life that he himself has not already borne and carried himself. He carried the weight of our sins, but he carried my griefs and my sorrows. He felt it before I felt it. He felt it and carried it before I even entered into the situations that caused the grief and the sorrows. He bore it in his own body. He carried it. Surely he who bore it, 
Surely he who carried it can make me whole. Surely the one who buried it in his own body can make me whole again because it pierced him in his side. He carried it. It was by his stripes that we are healed. I know y'all want to declare that for your physical healing, and you can, but somebody ought to declare this morning, there have been some spiritual wounds. There have been wounds deep down on the inside. There have been some spiritual afflictions, and by the stripes on his back, he healed those too. He bore it before I even got a chance to. I'm just so happy this morning that everything that I bore, everything, every grief and sorrow, he bore it before me. And when he died... Oh, and when he rose, he sealed it, sealed my redemption, sealed my salvation, sealed my healing. He sealed it all. So he just didn't carry it. He sealed it. So healing is available. Restoration is available. Deliverance is available. Wholeness is available. Completeness is available. In the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say Jesus this morning. Jesus, 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 Jesus. In you I have everything that I need. Everything, everything I need. Jesus. How many of you are ready to get off the hamster wheel? He stands with arms wide open saying for everything that you went through I carried it I know what it felt like because I carried it before you were even born before you were even conceived every grief and sorrow that you have experienced I bore it and I carried it now I know what the saints say he's a heavy load sharer a burden bearer because he carried it for it, all my burdens, all my griefs and sorrows. I don't want you to stop seeking him. I don't want you to present your questions. Stop presenting your questions to him. But you know where you are and you know what you're in search for. You know why you keep going back and forth. Because you're trying to obtain something that is outside your mind and what you need for your mind is not to know why you need Jesus I know you want to get that answer I have questions I've sought the Lord for answers there are things that I've asked God why 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 but every time I got in that ring every time I wrestled I came to the conclusion that is Jesus. It's who I need. My greatest need. I may not ever understand why, but he gives me purpose. <laughs> when I'm trying to find the purpose in what I went through, he gives me purpose. Come on, stand to your feet this morning.
this time, I just want every head bowed. There are things that you have been wrestling with, with God, questions that you've been wrestling with. I just want you to take this time with the Lord and surrender. You know if you're on that wheel in constant search for only what he can provide and give you. Whatever you need to deal out with God, I just want you to do that right now. Answers I've always wanted to questions I've always had. Father, I feel like the why will restore. But I realize that only you can do that. It may never ever make sense in this life. But Father, you give my life purpose and meaning. In you I live, move, and I have my being. Come on, just take that time right now. within my mind and I'm reaching out to you this morning help me help me help me to endure help me to run the race strong
that Jesus is your healer, your restorer. Come on, lift up a praise this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you, O oh God, for your healing power. We thank you for your restoration. We thank you, O oh God. We worship you this morning. You're all that we need, all that we've ever desired, all that we've ever needed, O oh God. We thank you. Yes. I believe. Jesus. Jesus, I implore you to receive him this morning. He stands with open arms, wanting to receive you and make you his own. Don't leave out this place having not made a commitment to follow Jesus. 
Eternal life is available to you even now. All you have to do is believe by faith. Confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You don't know when your last day is. Don't miss out on heaven. Don't miss out on the opportunity to meet him face to face. If that's you, I want you to text transform to 94000 and we'll show you the steps to salvation. If you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, text that same word to that same number. God hasn't left the situation. You strayed away, but you can come back. He has arms open wide. He's married to the backslide and he'll take you back. Text that same word to that same number. If you need a church home, we'd be happy to have you. We would love to shepherd you and walk with you through the struggles, through the wrestles. We're here to walk with you. We don't want you to do it alone. Amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you would subscribe so you can continue to be empowered by the latest message. For more information about Transformation Christian Fellowship or Pastor Brandon Hill, visit our website, transformationchristianfellowship.org, or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1, to the number 94000 or visit our website. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.